0: Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, Hello and welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Rowan Horncastle. Hello. And we've got a new voice in the booth. We've got Jethro Bovingdon joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, Not at all, not at all. Why don't we just kick off by... Uh, You know, like sort of first day at school. Introduce yourself. Who are you? Who the hell are you? Are you suggesting people don't know who I am already, Jack? This is a Big shot. Um, (laughs) No, I think all your 300 followers (laughs) on Instagram.
1: Yeah, I'm Jethro Bobbington. I'm a motoring journalist. Done it for years, basically, in the UK. And then got lucky and landed the Top Gear America gig. So did a couple of seasons of that out in the States. Do an F1 podcast with my former host of Top Gear. America or maybe future host who knows that shepherd called f1 with drs and i like driving cars as
0: fast as i can and writing about them and talking about them which is why we picked up the phone and we like well We know the perfect man for a new project that we were working on. So the the point of this podcast, I'll cut to the chase, is to talk about this new YouTube series that has gone live now. If you go to Top Gear's YouTube channel now, you'll be able to see any number of episodes. There's five episodes in total um, across this series. It's called TG2 Cars and Stripes. It's about um, us, Jethro and I, with a co-host, Driving American Cars in America, and it's as simple as that really but the idea being we package it up with some studio stuff that we did in the uk and sort of make it look a bit like a tv show it was very grown up it, it was felt like a up. real tv show we had two weeks out in the states yeah. and it
1: was uh all your Rowan's hard work really yeah and then and you i get, just showed up
0: yeah and you get to watch it for free there were some brilliant comments go where were which which subscription service do i have no, no no you just click on youtube
2: yeah but please subscribe to the youtube channel though you always need to say that but the idea came about i think it was From the pandemic, there's just so many cool American cars that we don't actually get to touch a lot of the time or you know and drive around. And over the pandemic, I was just doing a list of all the insanity, and everything seems to have over 700 horsepower by proxy now and a big V8. Yeah,
1: I feel like Europe is in this strange phase. Maybe we're slightly coming out of it where all the manufacturers were almost ashamed to be car manufacturers. So they would talk about anything but cars, anything but internal combustion engines. And America has gone completely the other way. I don't know if they feel like it's coming to an end or they're like, we're just going to enjoy all the good things. So there's a million V8 powered 700 horsepower manual gearbox cars. So
0: it seemed natural to go out there. Yeah. Or when they do turn their hand to an electric car in America, they go, I know what we do. We add batteries until you know it weighs four five tons and goes 300 miles and has a thousand horse pound they just get silly with electric cars which we'll get to in a minute I but also, also with the cars more than europe there's places to use them
2: yeah, which you had experienced more than we did which is why we phoned, you know, picked up the phone too but you've got these crazy cars but then even crazier places just to rock up and throw them up rocks down rocks on racetracks or streets or yeah. canyons
1: the, the scale of the market is insane and the scale of the place is ridiculous even now I, I spent a lot of time out there doing top gear the first series we were pretty much locked down to California because it was height of COVID and then we got to go a little bit further afield in season two But even in California, you drive through it and it's just like another world. There's so many places to go and so few people to anger that it just works really well for
0: making car content. (laughs) That is the crucial metric. Yeah, I mean, during the pandemic... For us, uh, when we were locked down to the UK, eventually we were sort of allowed to go outside our front doors and start driving cars and taking pictures and videos and stuff again. And we were just on this sort of loop of locations. You know, you'd you'd do Wales, then you'd you'd stretch your legs and go up to Scotland, and then you sort of come back down to the Lake District and then repeat. There's like four good locations in the (laughs) UK, basically. (laughs) And and even that,
1: I, I love driving in the UK. I think the best roads in Wales and Scotland are as good as anywhere. But you do feel a bit hemmed in, and you, cars are so quick and so loud now, particularly, that you do end up upsetting people, even when you're being incredibly responsible and sticking to all the laws of the Queen's Highway, King's Highway, which Which we do always do.
0: Well, I do too, yeah, at all times, Um, which is why we had to, um, actually, not for this episode, doesn't it? Uh, uh, One of the later episodes, which is why we had to get out to the uh, Johnson Valley. Um, what's it called? HOV? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Off Highway Vehicle oh, Recreation. The yeah,
1: one.
2: the HOV is the, is the, the uh, H-O-F carpool H-O-F lane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the absolute That option. was
0: also important. That was important for getting back to the hotel quickly. Um, but wh- why don't we, um, um, to to offer just a sort of a whiff of structure to this podcast. And by the way, we're going to probably be wanging on for, for for hours on this. There's so much to talk about. We created uh, 10 individual films. We packaged those up into five episodes and all the stories in between of how it came about and, and and the sort of bits that we enjoyed. So we'll probably split this podcast into two bits, two parts, just to make it um, digestible. Um, but why don't we start, do it episode by episode, basically. So episode one, this is where Jethro drove the Subaru Huckster, the family Huckster, with your new BFF. Best mate. Yeah. Travis Pastrana, driving instructor and I drove the uh, the Hummer EV so <laughs> no, yet... I feel like I really got the better end of that deal
2: <laughs> exactly but it also shows our thinking when coming up with you know the show and opportunities I was like right let's get a list of American cars where should we start a car that no one else has driven the, the car that went viral via Travis Pastrana, uh, jumping it at 160 miles an hour, was yeah, it, across yep. the bridge?
0: It's a good doing, story about
2: that, that you, you you
0: managed to extract from him. And
2: board sliding it and spinning it around everywhere and also breaking his back at the first day of the shoot too to then go and have to continue six months later. It was the Subaru Huckster. And it's amazing sometimes how this job works. I just fired them an email and just said, is there any chance we could drive this? And then lo and behold, a few months later, we arrive in just outside Washington DC there's all the the whole of the um, Vermont um, what they called the VSC sports car company or whatever it is or who, who do all the rally cars and um, a whole truck of tyres and they said to Jethro have at it and have then Travis it. was there to, to, to give him some pointers and show him how to Carner.
0: I should by the way say that Rowan was producer on the series so he was the one putting together a lot of these shoots uh, buying us frozen yoghurt at 11pm yes um, <laughs> <laughs> all the important keeping stuff keeping everyone happy so, when it's hot so yeah, yeah. He, he knows the inside outs of every shoot on this as well that's why it's the three of us together yeah so the Huckster was
1: I mean I would jump I would fly many times around the world to drive that I've always wanted to drive either a full-on drift car or a jim car travis was just the coolest dude so the chance to get in this thing which is based on a what 1984 or 1985 subaru estate basically gl wagon um but it's built by vermont sports cars who are basically like subaru america's semi works rally team so they do all their rallycross stuff did all their rally america stuff they're a proper company so it's got it's effectively a wrc car underneath but it has an 830 horsepower, two litre flat four. So it's built to destroy tyres. And they gave us, I think, 36 sets of tyres. Exactly, yeah. And Travis, when he's fully lit, can probably do a set of tyres in 35 seconds. So after the first like hour, I was like maybe we're gonna run out of tires <laughs> which seemed ridiculous at the start of the day
2: oh uh, no but it's good because no, i think it's about 15 seconds at full chat but that's in one direction then you get 15 seconds the other way too and then they explode <laughs> and then it's like right time new tires so the radio calls were were, were frequent for that but travis are you i'd never met him before Had you met him before
1: no i'd never met him and the cool thing about him he's a superstar isn't he and i don't know much about motocross so i've just seen him fall off stuff do ridiculous jumps and everything but you sort of think well he's the he's the big name isn't he maybe he'll be a bit of a diva or whatever he turned up before anyone else to where were we what was the place called
2: i can't remember off the top of my head now i'll have to two seconds call it yeah but you keep (laughs) talking
1: (laughs) he turned up before everyone else and I said, oh, you, you know, you got here early. You know what video's like. It's going to take them an hour to build the cameras and all the other stuff they do. Build the cameras is the, the expression normally. And he was like, oh, you know, to drive this car, I'll turn up anytime, anywhere. This is this is not a day at work for me. This is fun. And he was nervous, I have to say, about being a passenger. But all of that went out the window. And we both had a great time. I think everyone had a great time. How could you not with that car? It was insane. Well, How- so
2: the first thing is... He's a bigger man than I ever expected.
1: He's a big dude, uh, and very broken. And he walks with a lot of. I mean, you can tell there's a lot of metal work in his body.
0: I want to hear that story. So, if you if you want to go back, obviously go and watch this this video on our YouTube channel. But go back and watch Travis's, Jim. Um, what's it called? It's like on holiday, holiday vacation. Jim Carner. Yes. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a, a great story because he does a jump over a chopper in it. But then there's also a much bigger, faster. Well, jump. the first thing is the video starts
1: with him. You, you're sort of a POV GoPro of him jumping off his balcony, which is the idea was he would the start of the video he'd jump out of his hotel room. Um, and then down to the car. But actually, the parachute fails to open. So he jumps out of his balcony. And, I mean, it opens to a certain extent, but it doesn't really open. It just all gets tangled up. So he falls and breaks his back. And that is the very first, like, four seconds of the video.
0: But also... We've got our intro!
2: (laughs) The sound of a human hitting the floor, having jumped out of a hotel window, isn't a pleasant one to start with. But, yeah. And then... So so then his back...
1: Mended. Yes. And they went again. I think they had done some I think they'd done a bit of shooting that day. So they'd been out with a skeleton crew and they'd done the first recce. So yeah, the story was one of the spectacular stunts, and they're endless in this um in this Jim Carner video, is that they do a gap jump basically over a bridge with a helicopter below them. But getting the permits to do that was really, really tricky. And they weren't sure they were gonna do it. So they needed to bag another jump in the meantime, just in case. So they go to this bridge that has a a natural jump, effectively, but they build a little kicker ramp at the start to make sure that it's going to get enough air. So they go there, they've got the skeleton crew, and he hits it first time 100 miles an hour, I think. And the crew are like, yeah, this looks cool. This is going to be really, really good. The, the Huckster, by the way, has aero on it, not to increase downforce but to keep the car fairly stable in the air because they knew it was going to jump so that the aero is designed to trim any jump so it doesn't end up on its nose or or nose up so it hits at 100 mile an hour, everything's good okay we'll do one more take what do you think it will do and travis is like i'll just hit it at the limiter how fast the car will go which is 165 miles an hour i think so having done one recce run at 100 and there's a weird thing but all jumps are 100 mile an hour if you ever see a jump that they always seem 95 doesn't really do much 100 is always the sweet spot um but he ups the ante by 165 percent on his <laughs> next go which i just love and he does it and no fear absolutely fully lit 165 and the thing kicks at the rear so he jumps how far does he jump run you probably know the the Not maths.
2: well everyone go on youtube now but it's the length of a bridge over yeah. a, a, a large body of water and,
1: um, and the other thing is the landing point it's just a road so it's it's a two-lane road with trees either side and then the road turns left i believe so he hits it at 165. The thing basically does an endo. So it's flying through the air with nose down and he can't really see where he's going and also believes he's going to basically flip the car when he lands. But he doesn't and he manages to maintain control. But if he'd have hit the ground and speared left or right, I mean, it's a plane crash. It's literally, I mean, it would be the second broken back of one shoot, without (laughs) a doubt. I mean, that's the stakes that Travis plays at. And that's what they did. And that was the, yeah, that was the first morning, I believe, the shoot. And then in the afternoon, he broke his back anyway, for real, when he jumped out of his hotel window.
0: Yeah. But
2: meeting Travis, his, his primary job, he does lots of things. So, you know, his motocross, he rally drives, lots of other bits and pieces. His primary job is building jumps. That's all that really gets him out, up in the morning is the biggest jump he can build. And he was talking about the rallycross cross courses um, that he makes. And where a lot of people would apply science, he applies a tiny bit and then just applies more speed. Because if the jump isn't going to be made, he goes, oh, I'll just up the ante. And as Jethro says, look at the onboard during the footage. To see a car in its top gear and all the lights flickering as the top of the rev range and then hitting a massive jump is absolutely unbelievable yeah so that's the first thing we asked jethro to do uh, to recreate <laughs> that no it wasn't the, the, the whole point of the film was to get a feel for how to drive this car and how to tick off some of the main maneuvers that can be done yep. in this unbelievable thing you've got so much power you've got a four-wheel drive system um that i don't know how much experience did you have with hydraulic handbrakes and reverse entry drifts, et cetera. You, Basically you like a drift.
1: Basically none. So I love sliding a car around and I, uh, pride myself on car control stuff and always volunteer to do it even when it's completely unnecessary. But yeah, so we, and I think they were nervous because they had no real idea of what I could do, what the car could do. Travis had no idea what it would be like in the passenger seat. It never had a passenger seat, and they put it in specifically for, for this test. Um, and we did, what did we do? Launch control. Launch oh, control, yeah. One complete um, sort of drift, if you like. Transition, so flicking from left to right. Reverse entry. Was that the last thing?
2: Yeah, and then basically looping them all together with a bit of proximity
1: yes proximity danger as well and i had some confidence that i would be able to do this but i didn't really know hydraulic handbrakes make everything easier because getting a car sideways is normally the hard bit keeping it there is less hard especially when you've got 830 horsepower so with a hydraulic handbrake you can just turn in Mm. pull the bar really quick and the car sideways and then it's just up to you to control it on the throttle and like i say when you've got so much power it's four wheel drive 50 50 front to rear which i was like is it going to pull the car straight how's that going to work but it just felt really easy and really natural to drive and and travis's advice was if in doubt more throttle basically always more power which i think is his
0: i think err uh, on the side of aggressive was his, yeah, yeah yeah which is his, definitely his philosophy on life but, but it, it worked it was there, was there was a real genuineness to it because he he knew who you were and he knew that you could drive but he didn't exactly know that you could drive this car you didn't know you could drive there was there was there was hope but there was unknowns and you could see him when he's like oh you've got it and it was because you start off there's a little bit of sympathy to your driving not not much if i'm honest but you could see him going no no no, you can go harder than that more throttle harder and well, then, then it clicked and you were just like bang into the groove so the thing for me i mean when you slide a car for a
1: camera particularly a rear wheel drive car it's all about throttle control so you're you're blipping and feathering the throttle And you can hear, and I could hear it when I was doing it. And in stark contrast is when you just, in the passenger seat and you listen to him and the car is just flat on the boards all the time. There is no throttle modulation effectively. It's like more power will create more smoke. A higher gear will create more smoke. And that's what it's all about. And I love his philosophy as well. He was talking a lot to me off camera about him versus Ken Block. Not versus as in the competition, because they were great friends, but how they went about things differently. So, before a Jim Carter shoot, Ken would literally take a car to an airfield. And if they're doing a reverse entry, for example, he would mock up that reverse entry, measure how far he went, and that would allow the stunts to happen in a very precise manner. Even though it looks wild, it's actually pretty precise. Whereas Travis does not like that. He likes to free, freestyle it and freewheel it, and he just wants to do it all live on the day and you'll notice in a lot of his videos there's not many tire marks down because he likes to just do it over you know two or three times done whereas ken would do it 50 Mm. times to be proximity and they used to argue about it because ken would be like well you're like a foot away from that and i'm an inch away and he's like yeah but i'm in fifth gear and you're in third gear (laughs) and it's only the second time i've done it and he loves that sort of improvised feel and i think that's why his stuff is so magic so he he's cool like that but for me i think he got comfortable with me pretty quick in the car and then he just wanted me to push and so that's what i did
2: i gotta say for me on the outside we didn't know what jethro was going to be able to do in either no one did because no one's driven the car and you're a bit of a competitive sod anyway at the best of times and i knew that he would be pulling the bar as soon as he could so it was like launch control straight into it get used to it and then then we're at summit motorsports park which is a track neither of us had heard of and it had a big track actual circuit and a smaller one but then it had a Jim car course which is perfect it's basically like a spirograph where you can just put the time marks down wherever you want which was perfect for what we needed because it was safe there was nothing really to hit and then it gave opportunities to try all the maneuvers but there was huge circles either side and jethro, jethro just left the pits had a quick go at launch control and just sent it straight into the the biggest circle possible as close to the grass and then it was a call for tires because basically then that was our, another set of it's <laughs> my time. next question
0: so uh how long did it take you to do your first set because that's really the the measure of i i would say it was under 2 minutes probably was i did a launch control i
1: went straight into the big circle in third gear and i i did the whole circle in its entirety and then we tried it again and he said do it in fourth and again the hydraulic handbrake helps you so much because you can carry a bit more speed but you won't get understeer because you can pull the bar and then we did fourth i think we did one or two complete laps lots of smoke and then the tires were done so yeah it was it was cool i've always had this feeling people watch high level drift cars and it's impressive the proximity is really impressive and the speeds are high but i'm like the car is built to do that like That should be doable. I've had to do it in a GT2 RS on a mountain road, you know, like doing it in a drift car should be easy, but you never know until you're in it. And although I would say it is easy, in the Huckster it's easy. You've got all the power, you've got steering lock, you've got everything you need to go sideways and maintain a big angle. What Travis does, which is impressive, is the proximity and the speed. So he ups the ante and everything. And doing that is where you're... That last four or five percent is. But for me to get in and just drive the car sideways was Mm. it was relatively easy. It was the reverse entry was the trickiest thing. I was
2: gonna bring that up. Yeah. Is that that just fried you? It's like so that's for everyone else, that's where you go in backwards to the corner to then go out in the opposite direction. And not
1: only do you go in backwards, yeah, you go in backwards and the wrong direction. So it was it was a right hander, but we were turning hard left, pulling the handbrake. And then going in backwards with all four tires smoking into a left hander to come out the other side in, in a right hander. So <laughs> it was it wasn't that I couldn't do it I didn't know what he was asking me to do. He kept saying, yeah, we'll turn hard left. And then and I was like, I don't understand. I need you to show me what you mean. And if yeah. you show me, I can copy. But I, I didn't really understand it. So that was tricky. But overall, it was just an awesome bit of kit. I mean, what a car to play with. And, and Travis was saying it's his favorite car ever. Full stop. End of story. And I can absolutely see why. Yeah, those boys at Vermont have built an absolute monster.
2: And the details in the car are fantastic. As Jethro was saying about the aero and how it's trimmed for it my favorite bit is the roof rails uh, for the roof racks you would think oh because it's based on an old ski car the old um subaru uh, uh olympic ski team car but they're trimmed for the aero so it can fly so they actually do look like mini wings and then it's feeding air into the rear radiator and there's details everywhere an oxygen bottle for when they could have potentially fallen in water and then all the dashes you know a modernization of the original there's a cassette player it's it's gorgeous so check the video out because we go through all the details there
1: yeah and it's all um the standard car used to have like a blue tinged vinyl dash so they've done a carbon fiber dash that looks the same but it's got blue tinge in the carbon fiber yeah every little detail on the car is perfect it's yeah it was probably one of the best days out you could have and i was for some context had just done Nürburgring 24 hour like the weekend before and this was like a Tuesday or something and I crashed heavily in in the race so I could barely move as it was Travis (laughs) can barely move on a good day so like folding ourselves into particularly into the passenger seat was was agony but it was worth all the pain
0: So from a car that's clearly in your top three, if not right at the top, yes. the things you've driven in your life to a car that I'm fairly sure is going to be your most hateful, <laughs> uh, which is the Hummer EV. Now, just because I drove it doesn't mean I'm an advocate of it, but it was, I but found you it, are no, I, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I found it confusing because it was, um, uh, so a bit of context on this one, we actually drove it, we drove this way back in 2010. Maybe two years ago 22. Now. No, it was like spring 22. So we actually shot this video in the US. Um, and then this sort of idea of TG2 cars and stripes started gathering a bit of momentum. And we were like, hang on a minute. Let's sit on that Hummer film because then we've, we've got one out of 10 already shot. So, you know, we're off to a flying start. Um, so it was, it was actually intended just to be a sort of standalone video. We did a feature in the mag uh, and everything else. Run through um, the stats, Jack. So the stats, uh, it has a 1,000 horsepower. It's as quick, 0 to sixty, as a Ferrari two nine six GTB. Yeah, it weighs four point one tons, which I think in the video there's a there's a great stat which Charlie Rose embellishes with some sort of graphics which, on the screen. Yeah, it's the nine Caterms, nine Caterm one seventy Rs, which is the lightest one they do. But I thought it was it was <laughs> more visually impactful to have nine of them. The battery is two hundred and five kilowatt hours, which I think is six Honda Es. So it's, it, you often hear about people, um, usually when they're sort of trying to build lightweight cars, that when you take a weight out of something, you get this beautiful sort of virtuous circle of benefits. You know, you need, you got less weight, so you need a smaller engine, so it's more efficient, so you need less tyre, so you need, you know, blah, 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 everything gets better. This is just like a death spiral of weight. It is. You know, <laughs> you, they basically made it this wide because they wanted it to be as wide as the old, Hummer H1 the reason that was that wide is so it could follow in the tracks of a tank because it was a military car so there was a point to that this one they're like nah it's just got to be this big because that's how big Hummers are so once you built a car that big and then it needs to be high and you know it needs to look like a sort of block of flats because it's a, a Hummer Suddenly, you're like, "Whoa, that's quite a lot of material." What, what are we weighing in at? Oh, four tons. And oh, we're going to need a big battery to get a 300-mile range out of it. And everything just spirals and spirals and spirals uh, until you've yeah, you're using enough material to sort of build a small town on one car. Yeah, I assume how much GM just have their own mine. Well, yeah. Th- yeah.
1: well, that
2: was that was our, our narrative for it is that we have decided to go to. Uh, Baghdad, not mm. in Iraq, which also has a link to the the Hummer, but Baghdad, Arizona, which is is it one of the world's largest copper mines.
0: Yeah, uh, it's certainly a uh, yeah one of the big biggest copper mines in in that part of America. Basically, I'm not sure it's the biggest in the world, but it's like an open pit copper mine. To be honest, we wanted to go to Baghdad for the lulz, <laughs> um, but then discovered it was a. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a copper mining town, um, and then we were like, oh, we're a bit hasty and post research. Oh, electric cars use a lot of copper. Um, I can't remember the exact stats. So, so there we go. That justified our kind of cross desert um, road trip in the Hummer. My issue with this thing, I mean, issue pop, or issues,
1: it's is obscene. <laughs> obviously, it's obscene. It does not sixteen what four seconds. No, less three seconds. Three yes. seconds. Yeah. Three something. Yeah. 296p and it weighs 4.1 tons yeah and most americans drive whilst texting on three different phones Mm.
0: like the idea of stopping it does it stop eventually yeah it does i actually say in the film because i'm such a responsible human being jeff though we do a sort of look we find a very quiet road and we do a launch in it which you know if you've launched a fast electric car, you know what it feels like. It's yeah. sort of mildly queasy. Awful. Yeah. And then and then we do then we do an <laughs> off-road launch. And then I say, please, Hummer owners, do not do this if there's other cars or people. Or children. Or children or lampposts yeah. or anything around because the the amount of you can just feel the physics. The momentum that you've got. What tyres does it have? Does it have like normalish road
1: tyres or no, 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 all yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just like, don't have much To let you know what tyres like that are like anyway, I recently drove the sterato which you guys have driven a load as well, which is a supercar shape, but it's probably no quicker than a Hummer, but it's on um those Pirelli, what well, are they? Scorpions? Yeah, Scorpions, yeah. Pirelli, yeah. And it's weird because it accelerates like a supercar. It sounds like a supercar. You're in a supercar. The cornering force is actually fairly high. But when you go to brake, it just doesn't have yeah. supercar braking. capability. you driving it's... it on track? I drove it on track yeah. and on the road, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the idea that you could have something that weighs well over two of those... Mm. And is pretty much as fast. Mm. And is on probably less performance-orientated tyres. Mm. To me, is terrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is terrifying. You you feel like you're driving around with a sort of weight of responsibility to other traffic. Because you could... But geez, I'm sure
2: it, owners don't feel I, that, that that's way. That's my yeah,
0: thing.
1: Watch this! But who's buying that sort of car? Because to me, a Hummer appeals to the real... Um, swaggering side of America, well, so... Well,
0: here's the thing. It, it obviously began as a military car, so um, that's where it kind of gained its um, notoriety or fame, if you like. And then, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger had the yeah. this lovely idea, and, uh, you know, put stick some number plates on it, and then, yeah, it became like the ultimate kind of rap swag car. And then this one's just taken it to the next level. They're, they're not even pretending that it's particularly useful for anything. It's just the ultimate FU... Um, toy you know for for people going around Uh, exemplified by the fact that um this crab walk mode that everyone talks about you heard about this i've 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 seen everywhere we went in america we you'd sort of pull in in this big hummer you know hey that's the new hummer can i see the crab walk (laughs) people were obsessed with the crab walk mode i'm like we've tried it so this is essentially it's got four-wheel steering and this is where um, the wheels, rather than turning in anti-phase to sort of tighten your turning circle, turn in the same direction at low speeds so you can basically drive diagonally. That's cool. it. Cool. Th- no, that is literally yeah, it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, it's we,
1: funny. I was driving to the train station this morning <laughs> on the way here and I thought, do you know what I'd love to be able to do? Drive diagonally.
0: <laughs> it's That's super exactly. bizarre
2: though because how it kicks in, you need a certain amount of lock. So as soon as you go over that point... Well, it's the- because
0: the rears can only turn... A certain number of degrees, phase, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but then the the fronts can keep going. So once you've got more angle on the fronts and the rears, you're you're sort of doing a bizarre diagonal turn. Whereas if you keep them the same angle, you go straight diagonal. I mean, this is literally pointless. To the is there a where, point?
1: Is there some sort of off road? It's meant to be off road, so off-road
2: you can move diagonally up a face or something, or get out of something. But
1: having done off roading, and we'll get on to some really mega off roading um, soon. Being in a four-ton vehicle off-road is not a great idea because they just sink, whether it's snow or sand or whatever. So crab yeah. walk is not going to get you out when your belly, you're belly, you like you're straight against the Again, belly of the vehicle. If sand. you like
0: going off-roading, this is not the car for you. If you like, if you like, if you're an actual soldier, this is not the car you want to be on the battlefield. And if you have a brain, this is not the car
1: for you. I think is the conclusion. No, that for, no the conclusion
2: for me, this is America's EV because yeah. it's you know everything's bigger in America this is that exemplified to the power of a million Mm. of let's do an ev let's have the biggest battery let's have you know as much performance a thousand horsepower
1: except a lot of american stuff has real utility at its core when you think of jeeps and all the other stuff that we we drove as well and this doesn't this is like it's not America exemplified, it's almost like the rest of the world's view of America. The cliche. Exemplified Yeah, it's almost like it was designed by some European people <laughs> for America. You know, if Americans designed a car for for the UK, it would have a thatched roof, for example. <laughs> like this is like this is like someone in Europe has gone, what do Americans like? Really big, stupid stuff. Let's or they build call the, the, the Hummer.
2: control what's to freedom mode, which it is called in the Hummer. It's called what? What's to freedom. <laughs> With an exclamation mark. And then a, an eagle arrives on your dash to tell you that you're going to be punched right. into the
1: horizon. it was to freedom. designed
0: by Europeans, wasn't it? Yeah. there'll be, yeah. Uh, Do you
1: know? A German dude. <laughs> un- undoubtedly yeah. A German dude who rides Harleys at the weekend yeah. was heavily involved
0: in the making of the Hummer EV. It has Interestingly, I remember early on pitching to them saying, oh, we need to uh, give, give us a new Hummer and we'll take it to go and see Arnie see what he thinks of the new one, you know, and that'd be great. They didn't want anything, you know, they didn't want anything to do with it. They were like, no, this is completely different. We want to distance ourselves from that Arnie image. I'm like, you've literally just built the same thing with lots of batteries and a thousand horsepower. But no, poor Arnie.
2: Well, going from one American off-roader to episode two and the others, which is a complete dedication to Ford's off-road ability and product we don't get. In the UK, which we would love, um, sp- specifically the Raptor badge and everything well, we with that get,
0: attached. We do get the Raptor. We get the Ranger Raptor. Re- yeah, but not. Come on, is that a proper? Oh, sorry?
2: The new one's better. The I new one is admit, good. The new it's one is pretty the new one cool. The one so, like. with the diesel engine wasn't the same. No, but no, that was a bit. Silly. We're yep. talking uh, the Raptor, the Bronco Raptor, and the Raptor R, the proper v F150, engine, F-150, F-150 Raptor, Raptor. Yeah, and then we gave Jethro a little. Little bonus surprise oh, yeah. with another one later. A but later. You two we let you free in the desert with lots and lots of land to play with
0: and lots of horsepower. So this was actually the interesting thing about this, um we had been there for a a day to shoot the yeah. singer acs film
1: be careful what you call it but yes. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: um Brittany, just rearrange those letters uh as a the car
1: order. that looks vaguely like a porsche but isn't built by porsche and may well have been designed by singer yeah, and is sort it of reimagined off-road. by someone
0: else yeah, yeah. and oh, well, let's save that particular legal bomb for later um so but you know, you'd you'd literally um turned up sort of 9 10 p.m the following uh, following evening, we got up early out into the middle of Johnson Valley in the desert, which is just this endless playground. You'd been there before, I had, yeah, and recommended it. Yeah, this is one of the things I love about the States. Not only do they have a lot of space, they
1: actually like cars. And if you are into cars or motorbikes or off-road buggies whatever it is they have several facilities per state where you can just go and enjoy them and and johnson valley is one of the biggest it's like a trillion acres it's about as big as wales probably
2: home to king of the hammers which is the most insane off-road event so there's all kinds yeah. of terrain there to break
0: cars uh, effective acres Ninety-six
1: thousand acres and effectively you turn up you drive down a road Um, or several roads because it is such a huge space but you can drive down these off-road trails and then you can do whatever you like and there's no fee there are as far as I can tell no rules and even if there were rules it's impossible to police this area so there's dry lake beds where if you wanted to you could do 150 mile an hour there's jumps there's rock crawling there's dunes and it's just there. And it's called an off-highway vehicle
0: recreation facility. I mean, can you imagine that in the UK? It's we, literally we, a playground. We had to get permits, but that was only because we were filming, right? Yeah. So normally, just, just your average punter can just rock up. Yep. You can turn up. Oh. You, there's no <sighs> gates. You know, you just literally go sign, and enjoy yourself. There going,
2: yeah. are no, And you go, Phew. It's 96,000 acres of emptiness, Mm. and then just one bog, which is just in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) and it's just go and have
0: fun. Oh yeah, the bog was brilliant. Just this sort of... This um, lonely... Lonely sort of shack, where you're sort of staring it down, going, do I want to know what's behind that door?
2: Well, photographer Mark Riccioni had to leave at quite a rate, mid-shoot, to go and use it, the only man in history. But also, it was, as you say, Jethro arrived um, slightly later, and he was in the Raptor. Even getting to the set, let's call it, or the bit we were going to film, was exciting in itself as we are going down these back roads. He was in the Raptor arm with uh, Neil Carey, Chris Waterfield, and all the other camera crew. And they would. we could hear them over the radio just pissing themselves laughing (laughs) as this thing is airborne absolutely everywhere before you've even got to starting getting cameras rolling. And then they stopped really abruptly. Abruptly. And then I just saw this door open, and then just a load of coffee just come out the side. And I thought Neil Carey <laughs> was being sick. Yeah, and no, I... uh, and uh, and I was like, this isn't a good start for the shoot. But no, it was just that the coffee was just being sprayed absolutely everywhere inside the cabin.
1: Well, well I'd had the usual warning, which you always get when you're on any of these shoots, which is, oh yeah, just go steady because we've got all the cameras in the back. To which I always think, absolutely we not. We shouldn't have put them there. <laughs> and so yeah, the access road, you can drift. You could jump. You could do all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what we did. But, yeah, they were not happy. But We're starting to
0: build a picture that Jethro and cameras uh, in some ways get on well. In other ways, you hate them. They're constantly building cameras. They're rattling around in the back of the car, always just laughing around. I think
1: my mission for the first couple of days was just, like, wind up the camera crew. So, it's, <laughs> so for example... Go off script as often as possible because i just i don't like that i like to react to what's happening around yeah. us so and that's what we did effectively and mm. it became a mantra almost for the shoots was like, let's just go and enjoy these things yeah. and, and see what happens and see how we feel about them.
2: And see what bit of
0: uh, Neil's uh, camera equipment we could break that day.
1: Oh God, we bro- we broke so much so quick, didn't we?
0: Every day. And everything else was covered in sand, so it may, <coughs> may never work. And then again, he had
1: but... his drone issues and so I thought he was going to kill himself at one let's point. Let's save
0: the drone issues for when we get to the Arizona track because <laughs> that's when it really uh, came to a head. Suicide watch was <laughs> in full,
1: <laughs> full display.
2: Yeah. No, but actually it was kicked off early at this shoot because we did a, a big bolt which is where we um, strap cameras to the, to the side of the car. And we told Jethro, go on, be exuberant in the wrap so you start drifting around. And then he came back to camp, and there was just these straps <laughs> hanging down from, no down from the pickup left. and no cameras there. So then we had to go and hunt 96,000 acres <laughs> we'll to find try the boys. and find we'll the find camera. Them.
1: We did find them, though, to be fair, I think. Didn't we find most of them? We
2: did. And then I went and bought a new one, and then we went out for one shot, and the next we crashed that one, and we smashed that yeah. one up to bits America two. is not
0: kind to gopros anyway uh, well, let's
1: talk about these vehicles because exactly. they, they are super cool you must have the stats there because the sort of thing i don't remember
0: <laughs> well i remember that um mine had a supercar engine oh you <laughs> you've got you've got a muscle car engine is that right Supercar yeah, so, beats muscle so car. the
1: bronco raptor which i have to say is a gorgeous looking thing yeah, i'm not cool. into suvs generally but it looks so cool oh, it's like thing. a mini
0: mini monster trucks yeah it kind of
1: and it's got what the three liter EcoBoost v6 yeah twin turbo very
0: closely related to the um ford gt supercar yeah um yeah yeah sure you can feel that dna shot through it actually
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god a million magazine intros have been written in that way haven't they so yeah that's got a crappy little v6 Uh, 412 horsepower 412 horsepower it's it's actually a pretty decent motor and it's 10 speed auto they both have yeah don't they and then the Raptor R F-150 has the... So You've
2: got the 5.2-litre supercharged V8 with 700 horsepower. With
1: 700 horsepower, which was my steed. Um, yeah, better. So once again, I somehow, as the guest in this series, lucked into the best vehicle.
0: Yes, you did. Well, I think, you know, I, I let you have it really. Um, but uh, we, the, the premise of this was quite interesting because you're um, talking about like just reacting to what's around us, not being too. Scripted, you know, we needed a bit of a structure for what we were going to do that day. But, yeah, but really, we wanted to just have fun and sort of call it like it was.
2: So, are you saying we, dicking around in the desert isn't enough of a editorial yeah, narrative to follow that's, for the, whole, that's, the whole video? That's
0: what the um, the Google Doc that I wrote. Yeah, but um but the idea was that I'd never done a jump, and I I, I hadn't on purpose. I do remember one Aston Martin launch quite a few years ago where I got some air <laughs> on a on a corner in a in a sort of Vantage uh, Volante, but um Vantage Roadster. But no. So the idea with Jethro, you know, you like jumping. You'd literally been yeah. jumping all the way to the to the to the first shot. If you've of the ever day. seen
2: Jethro's Instagram, I don't think there's a picture without a car being on three wheels or fully airborne.
0: So yeah. it's quite. So I needed you to, to teach me to show me the way of the jump, um to which you went off to do a bit of a recce in the F one fifty. We did, which yielded probably the best photo of the of the series, which is it. Well, the problem was we were we were in a. I
1: mean, Johnson Valley is huge, and the area we were in was relatively flat there was like a dry lake bed there was some fast like humps that you could drift over on um on an old dry lake bed type thing but finding the killer jump was not happening so i was hitting anything that looked vaguely like it might take off but all the little ramps effectively kicked the rear of the car
0: yeah
1: i was doing a travis basically (laughs)
0: yeah i was doing a travis and you didn't have the you didn't have the sort of flappy trim bits to keep you straight so you I were just landing well. on the front grill basically. i was
1: i was landing all that um all that supercharged v8 was yeah. definitely sending Eventually, the nose into the dirt
0: didn't we get a tip-off from someone was testing
1: a car nearby we found some guys who were testing um for the king of the hammers didn't yeah. we yeah. yeah and we drove drove over to them and we like we need a jump like where are the good jumps and they gave us a couple of spots um and we went to the first one i believe which turned out to be pretty good
0: yeah it was good. I mean, by that point, we didn't have much time left in the schedule, so let's go for it, yeah. basically. So, yeah, Jethro went first. Um, I was... I, I can't quite describe how much I was cacking myself. <laughs> you were. It was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, This is not like me hamming it up for oh, the, the, the sake of good TV. I was genuinely scared because I thought, you know... Anyway, I watched you do it, and the, the good air the recoil yeah. all four wheels left the left the ground again so that was quite impressive well the ramp was really cool because it was on um like a pre-carved out road
1: and it was almost like a crossing so when you approached it all you could see was a ramp and sky yeah. so it was one of those properly scary dr- jumps yeah. but the landing the road leveled out after mm. the other side of the um of the crest so the landing wasn't too bad and i've learned over the years with jumps <laughs> whatever you think the speed is it's faster so well you just said earlier 100 mile an hour <laughs> 100 mile an hour tends to be the jump speed so i don't know quite what speed we were doing it we must have been doing 60 i
0: think it was 60 but it was all the, the road was quite narrow Quite narrow to, yeah if you hit that 100 probably be all right but well you wouldn't know you wouldn't be
1: all right <laughs> you definitely well you might be all right but the vehicle certainly would not be okay <laughs> okay so yeah I did it. I I think I had two goes at it, and the second one was really good. Um, It really
0: got some air. But, Jack, you... Yeah, you were crapping yourself. Yeah, I was crapping myself. But then, you know, all I had to do was just break it down to basics. You you said, look, go back there, turn around, commit to it, 60 miles an hour, probably hold it at 55, and then floor it when you get to the bottom of the jump, and that way your nose is up, and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to sort of nose it into the floor and, and roll, barrel roll end over end. So, actually... There's no skill to it. It's just it's just balls no and following instructions. Yep, yeah, zero skill. Yeah. Which is why you excelled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is oh, well. Touche. <laughs>
2: But also, um, <laughs> the cars, I was on the outside, and when we filmed it in slow motion, what you see some of the metal components just start uh, rippling and all the bodywork. Well, I think
0: this might be the, the right moment to talk about the build quality of the Bronco, yeah. which was a several notches worse than the F-150. Looks very cool, but when that thing landed, the front bumper was moving entirely independently of the grille above it and, and the bonnet and the windscreen, I, which were all wobbling in different directions. And I think because these are, like, separate chassis cars
1: the bodies don't have a great they're not like a monocoque where you have all that strength inherent so yeah the bronco in particular looked it looked like the panels were made of rubber as it was flying (laughs) and landed didn't it it was like it was rippling and moving in all sorts directions um but fair play you did a really good jump
0: yeah and the cars look fair play to them we were we were being fairly abusive for several days and those cars became our um, our crew cars for, for the, ho- weeks, for the yeah. whole shoot so they were not only sort of stars of this film where we were jumping them around and and testing them they had to take all all of us all around the country for two weeks yeah. to do this shoot and they they were good
2: i fell in love with that raptor art you could do absolutely everything and it was an absolute tank those fox shocks that it comes with eat absolutely everything and then like you say you've got a huge pickup bed in the back a huge uh, the, the bench behind the seats you get more space than probably an s-class mm. and then when you're in the front massive chairs a, a bin that you could put a child in uh, for an extra seat in between the seats and then that v8 which is the most entertaining
0: thing in the on the planet no, to I think. never let sh- Row and look after my children. <laughs> put them in the central storage a bin. Seat. You is can it, put, it, put them in
1: the bin, which you can also hold your sweets. The, the cool thing about that, I think, was the engine. In, I mean, the chassis and what it can do is awesome, but I was shocked by the engine in that it's it's not just a torque monster low down it hasn't just got that um almost like hellcat has just tons of torque it revs so it's like it feels like um a supercar engine Mm. in a truck unlike your real supercar engine in your (laughs) bronco raptor and it's just got so much top end it's such an angry thing and it's awesome and it to drive those cars on the loose over jumps with that level of freedom that in itself is worth a trip to America. So I am pretty sure you could fly to the States, hire a rage buggy or whatever, and go to Johnson Valley and do that for yourself. And if you are looking for the ultimate stag do, <laughs> I think that would be it. Can you imagine?
2: Yeah. Well, especially because there are gun casings everywhere in Johnson Valley too, because everyone yeah. basically, that you just see the remnants of campfires yeah. and then Light shells fire, from weaponry. gun, drive a car.
1: It would be Come a back. pretty great stack. I mean, if peak. you actually yeah. break down this two weeks,
0: it was almost like a two week stack, <laughs> <It laughs> dude. It was work. It was we work. We were working very hard. My wife might be listening to this. Anyway, no, but. Be very careful. <laughs> the,
2: the Raptor R right. was one thing, but then we gave you something else afterwards the Bronco DR, yes. which is the uh, limited run Baja racer that you could buy yourself. So it's built by Multimatic, those behind the. Uh, for GT supercar. And the but links are else. everywhere. And the
0: links ev- are everywhere.
2: And um, this was your, you know, the, the Raptor R can do some stuff off-road. This can do pretty much everything because it has to compete in the hardest off-road race in the world, outside Dakar, I'd say.
1: Yeah, so Bronco DR is effectively a turnkey um, Baja 1000 racer. So think of it, it doesn't compete in the the top trophy truck levels. You might've seen those on Instagram doing a million miles an hour across the desert. They're like a million bucks, but this goes in a class. I think it's called, hmm, I can't remember the class. I should know that we can look that up. It's in the video. Yeah. There's a time when you did know the class. There was. Well, it was but- just,
2: I remember a few years ago, it was just racing in a class of its own with the uh, Glickenhaus boot, boot. The but
1: there ends. is a class now so anyway there's 50 to be built 295 thousand dollars um it's got a standard mustang v8 engine basically a coyote v8 five liter 400 horsepower still runs the standard 10 speed auto it's got Multimatic dssv dampers these super trick things no windows no windscreen 37 inch tires and it's Underneath is almost like a hybrid of a Bronco and an F-150, so there's a lot of standard parts on it, the rear axle, etc. They're all standard uh, off-the-shelf F-150 bits, but it's elevated to such an extent that you can basically go bananas in it off-road. And we did all sorts of different disciplines, so we did the whoops, which is the rapid-fire bumps, we did top speed on a dry lake bed, we did some rock crawling toppy was it no 110 maybe is that the limit 105 yeah. but it made
2: a really good noise yeah. while it was doing oh, it oh it
1: sounds unbelievable ah. this thing <laughs> um then we did rock crawling then we did jumps and then we did the silt bed which is just where you get really filthy um favorite who- bit pardon favorite one favorite discipline favorite discipline um, i think you like the whoops the whoops is cool because it's like several jumps in a row but also you're going sideways and having to do car control at the same time. And we had this fantastic co-driver, Wayne Israelson was his name. He's competing in Baja. I think he's won the 1000 as driver and co-driver. And he had an expression which was, every one in every hundred bumps is trying to kill you, and it's my job to tell you which one is going to kill you. So effectively, that's that's the whole Baja there are stretches where you can be flat out for mile after mile but then there'll just be one bump and it's the one that sends you to the moon and it looks like the same bump as all the other ones you've just hit so the whoops was great the jump was pretty awesome i mean it was scary actually because that was, was kind like of a cliff. drum
0: that that was like a sort of
1: off a cliff off an edge yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah off a cliff it was it, it feels like off a yeah, cliff when yeah. you're driving up to it and it was all craggy on the way up so you had to carry enough speed mm. to keep it going so that was fun but i to be in it, I mean, it's like Dukes of Hazard style as well. No no side windows, no windscreens. So the doors are all welded up, so you have to climb into yeah, it.
2: Lobster biv on, too, to stop any dust getting into your yeah, racing exactly. helmet.
1: exactly. It just feels like something from another planet. And the capability, although it doesn't have that trophy truck sort of spooky level of control over, over the big bumps, you can hit stuff so much quicker than you think. And it doesn't feel abusive. It's... It's mega. Uh, the only thing I'd say is how close the F-150 Raptor gets to that is impressive because uh, the day before or whatever, we I don't think we were that far off the pace of what that DR could do. I mean, the DR would do it for a thousand miles and you could hit the jumps harder, etc. But the F-150 gives you a taste. definitely.
0: And the F-150 has a windscreen does have a windscreen yeah, yeah. and it's has 700 horsepower.
2: but also we did learn over this series that Americans have just a great turn of phrase because as well as Travis having his catchphrase what was Wayne's other one apart from every
1: <laughs> hundred bump? so his was let her eat which basically means give it the full beans so any time we'd over an ob- obstacle and it was time to like give it absolute death that was what i would hear in my ears let her eat
2: <laughs> but also because um you need to check out the video because the whoops especially they do look really dangerous because if the car bucks one way and it just feels like you'd catch an edge and then you're just in so another there, is there a crash.
0: perfect speed and your 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 job and your co-driver's job is to find that 66 and a half miles an hour is yeah you I, constantly adjusting it, it's like getting on i guess it's like on a
1: boat or something you know getting onto that keel and just staying on it so yeah there was a perfect speed but it, having said all that wayne drove it after me and he was going a lot quicker than me so his perfect speed and my perfect speed were clearly very but how different do you, that,
0: that uh, may have been a little bit of willy waving there
1: yeah i think he was telling me this perfect speed was 60 when he knew it was 85 or something <laughs> But how do
0: you adjust the throttle while you're also bumping <laughs> Your in the air doing all this
2: like and like, stuff yeah i don't know like a, off the
1: throttle the weird thing is that It feels relatively natural because you're just doing what you do in any car, which is reading what the car does and trying to make your inputs match that effectively so you're not thinking oh i need two more miles out but you do feel if you drop off suddenly you're hitting every bump mm. instead of sailing over them so you do feel it and then like i say the cars move in side to side yeah. as well it it was awesome the whole thing was great Jeffer
0: probably had his precision racing booties on just just welded to the throttle you know i did have little
1: boots on which yeah. was a mistake because <laughs> yeah, i should cause... have i should have worn like big off you know oh, this... hiking boots
2: oh really yeah wayne did take the piss straight away when he, he saw he saw uh, jethro's n24 so that's not the Caterum
0: cup like, <laughs>
2: racing. he was literally in some like timberland work boots he, he was. which he was racing as well he's like you're not going to stand in a cactus in those little Ponzi shoes are you so uh <laughs> yeah it was it was quite funny
1: it was cool i i have to say the baja it, ollie's done it hasn't he didn't mm.
2: ollie marriage do it yeah yeah, and i did the classic
1: ones Oh, too, you did yeah. i mean it sounds to me like torture effectively mm. um is it fun
2: uh, well the thousand is very different to the one I did because they, you're basically trying to do it, you know, in under twenty four hours of a thousand miles off road and it's just lawless you can smash into each other the crowd is literally trying to kill you by putting booby traps out everywhere and you're just racing endlessly off-road and these whoops that jethro's on about you know we may have a section in the uk which is a bit of off-roading you can be going for hundreds of miles in these whoops and and other like scary terrain where you don't know what's coming so it is one hell of event and if you're in a slower car which uh ollie marriage was you can literally just be smashed out the way out the way by everyone else which is terrifying so uh it's an event to kind of live up to do but it might,
1: it yeah I think be if there was scary. a Baja 25 I'd be down for that <laughs> Baja 10 <10? laughs> count me in it's punishing I was done at the end of the day like I was st- sore and I was tired I'd like I'd sand everywhere I was like yeah I've had enough of this but it was it was impressive the thing is impressive A Multimatic do so much stuff Valkyrie Ford GT everything is, is uh Multimatic these days
2: yeah. And one thing that we can't do here in the in the UK. So yeah, that's another US experience which uh
0: us Brits absolutely loved. Cool. Well I think that we should probably uh take a pause there, take a break, tea in a wee. Yeah. Um and then we'll come back for part two, which you'll be able to listen to next week on the pod where we'll be doing episodes three, four and five. Um yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Should we break right. there? Yeah. You know. You, what you're saying is please be faster next week. <laughs>
2: That is lots to talk about. Right,
1: we'll see you next week.